Welcome to Expanding Your Faith, a podcast hosted by Bishop Greer Godsey, the Old Catholic Church's International. Expanding Your Faith brings together a panel of well-educated clergy and laity to discuss modern events with a biblical perspective. Our podcast is about to start. Please stay tuned. to this evening's edition of Expanding Your Faith. I'm Bishop Greer, and joining me tonight is Bishop Ben, who is waxed mute, <laughs> waxed mute suddenly, and uh, Reverend Mark. Greetings, everyone. And so we are going to be discussing um, Soul Safe tonight, uh, how to have the difficult discussions, uh, With everybody um, preparing for the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up. We know that there are going to be people that you're going to come in contact with who are not going to see eye to eye on certain issues. uh, May even treat you badly because of who you are or who you love. And um, It's a good time to kind of think about how we might respond in those situations. How we might handle those situations. So I thought it would be a good time to do this conversation so without further ado i will let reverend mark uh open us up uh with this discussion thank you bishop um we um about a year ago in our um uh, the fall time at our church we like to do a little uh, pre-holiday uh retreat and um uh, what I like to do is before we get so busy uh, and moving into the new year, before we get busy with the holidays, just pull away on a Saturday and think about some things and some topics that would assist us in either transitioning into a new year or things that we can take into that new year uh, and utilize throughout uh, throughout the year. This this year we we did a. Uh, topic called things that matter and focusing on looking at the things in our life that was very important those things that truly matter in life and learning how distractions eat away at moments and opportunity moments in our day opportunities in our life and so forth and really felt like that was a good thing for moving into the new year Uh, we had an excellent discussion with that and it's time of prayer uh, then the last year, uh, one of the things that we, along with my discipleship uh, lead, uh, talked about is how a lot of people move into the holidays with family, and they're often faced with either difficult encounters, just being in the same room with people that... Um, you know, they've had disagreements with, uh, traumatic moments with, um, very hurtful things, uh, disappointments in life and so forth, or people that, um, you know, their personalities don't mesh. Um, Maybe people, you know, if you're part of the LGBTQ community, um, that creates an issue with your family. Um, I know it does with some of my some of my family. Uh, there's a couple of us in my immediate family that are queer, and so there's obvious difference in treatment and conversation with some of the members of our family. And you know, how do you prepare yourself for for those encounters over the holidays? Uh, sometimes you're you go to the family gatherings for grandma because you love and are loyal to grandma. Maybe it's a a parent, maybe it's an aunt or a sibling, Um, and you're there for them, quote-unquote, and then everybody else happens to be in the room. And how do you deal with the people that are in the room? 
um, how do you deal with those difficult individuals? Maybe they're maybe it unlocks or triggers you in certain ways. And we spent some time talking about uh, some of the steps, giving people tools in thinking ahead of time. Um, not overthinking, but finding that finding that balance and then what you do in that situation, creating boundaries and then also creating um, a safe exit for yourself if need be. Um, so one of the first things that we that we started with and that I would start with, most people know if they have those, encounters waiting for them or the possibility of those encounters waiting for them. and with family and certain individuals amongst your family you know if you know cousin sue cousin bob you know your brother your sister or maybe a a, a parental or a grand grandmother grandfather can drop some stuff on you that is uh triggering uh that is uh, send you back to moments that we'd uh, care to not repeat or relive, that is. And what, do we, what are, what, you know, you know if you're going to have those things. So the, one of the first things we encourage people is to pause before you move into those situations and give it some thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're not going to deal with the, we didn't necessarily right off the bat deal with, you know, should I go, should I not go? If you've committed to going, <coughs> excuse me, if you committed to going, um, then there's some things that you can do to help protect yourself and prepare yourself and to set yourself up for a successful and at least pleasant or tolerable gathering. Right. Um, you know, uh, I would encourage people that if they're unsure, seek a professional to sit down and really unpack that because I think there it, there is um, it's healthy for you to step back and say do I really need to have that in my life do I need to have that interaction in my life maybe the question is do I need to have it in my life right now do I need that do I need to see those people in my life right now because Sometimes through the holidays, we're going through very difficult uh, uh, scenarios in our mind. We're, we're reliving traumas, uh, particularly uh, if, if maybe you lost someone during the holidays. That's always a, 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 hard, a hard thing to navigate sometimes, no matter how long it's been, you know, whether it's a one-year anniversary, multiple-year anniversary, whatever. Um, so I think it's healthy for you. Determine, but we really dealt with if, if you're going to find yourself in those places, what do you do? And one of the things that I always encourage people to do is to step back and say, if I'm in this position, what will I say? What will be my reaction? Because what you don't want to do, or my response, what you don't want to do is just allow emotions and reactions. You know, There's a difference between response and in reaction. Um, I learned this kind of years ago, uh, take you way back, um, when 9-11 happened, um, there was a press briefing in the White House, and of course everybody in the, uh, in the media were pressing the, the representatives of the president and so forth, you know, what you know, how are y'all reacting? How's the administration going to react to, obviously, the, this uh, horrendous deed? How is it going to react? They kept using the word react. And the press secretary at the time kept saying, our response will be, our response will be, our response will be. And that pulled, that caught my attention years and years ago. Right. Um, and since then, you know, learned and grew upon the mindset of if you know you're going to be in certain scenarios you prepare yourself for success okay by ahead of time choosing a particular path that you're going to walk down right 
your response. I'm not going to react. I'm going to respond. You know, um, I know this is funny and it, it makes a little light of a very serious topic, but everybody that knows me knows that ice cream is a huge weakness of mine. And I have to make predetermined uh, uh, mindsets and choices because every time I go home, I drive past Dairy Queen. And that's one of my favorite places to stop. And I have to make up my mind that I'm going to respond to that Dairy Queen sign all bright on the side of the road saying, Stop here, stop here, stop here. My response will be, not today or whatever instead of giving into an emotional you know uh, some people would say well that that's just that's just that's that's not the same thing it really is the same principle uh, just in a humorous light you have to make up your mind knowing that you're going to be tempted to give into emotional reaction versus predetermined responses and overall our predetermined response needs to be a way of love and peace. And how that applies is obviously different to each person. So if you're going to go into a situation where you know you're going to have people that have the potential to set you off, trigger you, what is your, going to, what is your response going to be? Right. What, how, as a whole... What are you going to give over into? Are you going to lead yourself or lead uh, your responses with peace? That you're going to remain calm? That you're going to do everything that you can to offer love? And doing those things doesn't necessarily mean that you are agreeing with those people's poor behavior. It doesn't mean that you're saying you're right to treat me like, a, like the way you are. It simply means that you care more about your soul, your mind, your spirit, your walk. You care about that more than you do trying to one-up or out-shout or out-yell or out-sass or <laughs> out uh, uh, sarcastic jab the person who is trying to trigger you. And we do have those situations where there are people that are intentionally trying to harm us, to trigger us. And then there's other people that they just do it unknowingly because they don't care. So that that's the first setup, you know, is prede- predetermination, choice and response. You know, if it escalates to a certain level, and we, we'll talk about this in a little bit, um, if it escalates to a certain level, I'm going to have a, a, a setup in my mind of a safe withdrawal, a safe escape. This is what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to keep my keys with me uh, so that I can, you know, exit the premises and get in my car and leave or you know, so those are the, you know, if it gets to this level to where they're questioning my sexuality, they're questioning, oh, well, how can you be gay? Or they're questioning, oh, how can you still, how can you still have an issue with how I treated you years? When it gets to those certain levels, what is the level in which, you know, you, you'll, you'll move on and back off from being in that environment, in that situation? I have I have those uh, I have those set up in my own my own mind and my own heart and uh, you know there's certain there's certain conversations I will not engage uh, because most people are not in a position to where they're wanting to learn you know uh, say let me I'll just use an example say I had a family member that I knew didn't agree with who I am. I'm a gay man. Uh, uh, I have a relationship with a man. Uh, I have a relationship with God. Uh, I have a relationship with uh, uh, the scripture that I read, and I hold it dear to my heart, and uh, I, I believe that God loves me. 
because God created me. And so if I have someone that steps back and go, well, how can you claim to be a Christian and also, you know, be gay? In a family setting, my predetermination is I'm happy to talk to you about that if you're serious of hearing my heart. When would you like to go get coffee? Because in a family setting, when you have cousins and friends and maybe relatives and, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, significant other of people that you've never really met before till today, like today while I was with my family, there were people in there that I had never met before. Right, right. <laughs> their boyfriend or, you know, their boyfriends to nieces of mine and so forth. I never met them before. So if I had been asked a question like that, my my first response is responding kindness. Okay, you want to know something that's deep? You know, we can either withdraw to the front porch or, hey, when would you like to go get coffee? I'd be happy to sit and talk to you about. And that would end the conversation for me. That's the level, and that's as far as I would go in that situation. If they escalate, no, 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 no. I just, how can you be a Christian? When they move into that level, I'm done. I say, well, I'm happy to talk to you. I'd give one more invite Mm -hmm. to, okay, let's, uh, if you want to talk, I'm happy to communicate and share my views with you. Uh, My my preference would be us setting up a time to go get coffee because this is really not the setting. I want to talk to my family. I want to, you know, engage. And so that is a predetermination. It's, it's a boundary. It's a predetermination of what I'm going to do. So, one, my predetermination is I'm willing to discuss with someone that is open or I'm willing to talk to somebody and steer them towards openness, but I have a very short, not a fuse, but a very, very narrow window. It needs to be a laser beam of okay, we'll talk, but these are the parameters in which I will talk. And if I see anything that's, you know, trying to raise my raise me to a reaction level, put me in a place of living in defense mode where I'm having to defend who I am right. instead of just sharing about my personality. There's a difference between defending yourself versus, okay, this is my life. This is who I am. This, these are my views and sharing who you are. If it moves beyond that sharing who I am, I'm not going to engage. And so um, I choose peace. That's what I'm going to choose. My family upbringing and my tendency is is to engage in a shouting match and a back and forth. But I don't, I know that I can get into that level, so I don't. I can use sarcasm as a defense. I can use uh, uh, passive aggressiveness as a defense because I, I watched that growing up. It, it, it was something that I thought, well, that's normal behavior. So I practiced it, and then I realized that's toxic behavior, so I had to unlearn it in my life. So the predetermination is vital before you take any other steps, right. before you set up boundaries before you set up a safe escape and those are those are taking willful and um, you are intent on living in a place of peace and harmony even in a rough environment even in a place where you know there's a potential that this can escalate to something ugly but I choose not to participate in that by doing XYZ. So that's really the first step that we encourage people to do. And so when they get to that point and you've tried everything you can, uh, but they're not taking the hint, then um, you have to begin planning that exit strategy because you know, the only thing that's going to happen when you 
escalate to that point is it's just going to get uglier and uglier, you know, especially with family because family sometimes do not understand the concept of boundaries. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A lot of people never were taught what a boundary is. Right, right. And so, um, you know, I I make sure when we visit family uh, back in Kentucky, I always make sure that I park in a way that I'm not fenced in by anybody. I keep my keys near me all the time. They're in my pocket, actually, the whole time. And so that we can just go if we need to. Right. An exit strategy is a practical one at first. Right. Right. Make sure you can actually leave. Right. Right. It's no good if the person who's trying to trap you uh, in the house is also parked behind you in the driveway. So, I mean... Correct. (laughs) At that point, you are really doubly screwed. And so um, I always make sure to park in a way that I can get out. So it's important to have that in your mind. You may not need to use it. Mm -hmm. You know, hopefully your family get together will be just peachy and roses and everything else. And you won't have to worry about it. But if not, it's always good to be prepared and be ready for whatever might happen next. Well, the goal is to set yourself up for success. Right. Uh, Even though that success may be kind of a hard one. Right. But one of the practicalities of, um, or one of the things for uh, the escape strategy or a safe retreat, we call it, is just that is making sure that you are able to leave you're able to exit and uh, you're not putting yourself into a position to where maybe you're cornered in a house in the house with that explosive relative and stuff um, or friend or whatever this case may be and you're you know you you're mindful of your surroundings and you say, well, that's a lot of work. Well, maybe at first, but it's something that you just kind of, you kind of fall into. Um, right. You know, again, if if you deem that the the gathering is something that you need to be a part of, maybe there's somebody there that you really want to see or make a connection with or have a close relationship with, <clears throat> then, yeah, you need to kind of make these little little decisions and they're really not crazy out the wall you know off the wall that is it's just the little subtle adjustments um and you always hope for the best you hope you can go in make the contact and the connection with the people that you want and then you you exit nicely waving at the potential whoever um and that and then leave um and but you know, holidays, people sipping on alcohol or sipping on things <laughs> or smoking something that causes them to act a little bit different than, than they normally would. All their inhibitions leave. And then you have somebody shouting across the room, you know, obscenities or right. questions that aren't uh, appropriate for that uh, setting and environment. You know, what is you know what is your escape strategy? Right. Um, what at what level? Again, this is the predetermination. At what level does it the escape trigger in you? Okay. You know, is it a is it a okay? If this person starts engaging me and I can't, you know, hey, I'll be happy to talk to you one on one. Let's go have coffee. And they continue. They continue. They continue. That's when you start backing away and you go to the whoever that invited you and say, thank you, uh, it's time for me to leave now. Right. If that's not appropriate, then you just right there say, well, you know, if you think about it, let me know and we'll, we'll and then, then, then you leave without, you know, don't worry about your pot that <laughs> you brought your food in, just leave. Right. Um, and the, the escape strategy can be either, you know, I'm going to say nothing and then turn around and leave. I'm going to, you know, thanks for your interest. And if you ever change your mind, you want to talk. Right. Just let me know. I'll be happy to talk. 
and then you leave, um, you back away. Uh, you know, if you have somebody there that you can confide in and say, hey, you know, if you see something happen with us, would you please come get me? If you see me cornered, would you please come get me? Right. If you have those type of f- connections and friendships, uh, if you don't, then you'll have to do that on your own. Right. Maybe, you know, if your partner goes with you, significant friend, personal friend, they can talk to you and say, hey, you know, can I get you for a moment? Can I see you for a moment? I mean, you have to fill all that out right. with the, the, the environment that, and the cards uh, that you're dealt and the environment that you're in. But I think going in knowing that if I have conversations that are launched at me, thrown at me, and I deem them hostile, then I'm going to excuse myself. Again, you're predetermining what you're going to do if that situation arises but you hope again there's the hope that it's you know you can just go in there and eat the turkey and enjoy the dressing and whoever you were coming to see enjoy their laughter and then then you can go about your business right and blackbird raises a good point we were going to get to this in a minute anyway and that is um the world that uh, he knew uh would never let you just walk away and that's a very real possibility for a lot of people, too, is they know going in to family get-togethers and things like that that there's going to be somebody there who is just not going to take no for an answer. So in those situations, I tend to counsel people, and, and I'll get your take, too, that if you know you're going to go into that situation and there's going to be someone there or even multiple people there who are not going to let you walk away from that kind of conversation, uh, a conversation or a situation you don't want to be in, then it is wholly appropriate to just not go, mm-hmm. to make arrangements with the people you want to see, to meet with them at another time yep. around yep. the holidays. Sure. And just avoid those family get-togethers altogether. Um, what is your thoughts? Well, I think it, it's several different ways to look at that. One, it's the predetermination ahead of time, you know. Do it kind of goes back to the things that matter. Does this environment is this environment the one I want to place myself in? That's right. that's really the first thing you've got to come to the determination in. Right. If if you say yes and you know that you're going to have to have the responses ready then you make up your mind okay i'm going these are going to be my responses if those responses aren't honored by the other person and they start escalating my boundary is if you cross the boundary and uh yelling is one of my boundaries if if we escalate into yelling sarcasm or passive aggressiveness those are my immediate withdrawal. You crossed a boundary with me. And you don't have to announce them to everybody. You don't have to wear a sign that says, hey, today my boundaries are. You don't have to do any of that. But you know within yourself there's certain things that are a boundary. You know, you don't just let strangers come up and grab your butt or stuff like that. It's the same principle. You don't let people cross a dialogue boundary. What you're really talking about is are people that aren't open for growth and understanding. Right. They're, they want to they want to win an argument. Okay. And that's what that's the goal for most people is they want to win an argument. And one of the things we dealt with a few weeks ago in our retreat is learning that some arguments are worth winning. And there's other arguments. There's no reward to winning them. Right. right. And so we just just let them. You just let them go. You know, it's like it's like people that get texts and and they're endless texts from people that are toxic. Sweetheart, you have the you have the option in order to engage in the toxicity. You have to get pick up your phone, unlock the thing, and then start typing to, and hit respond. Just don't respond. 
It's like, just just leave it alone. Ignore it. You don't have to engage. It's the same principle. Even It feels a little different when you're face-to-face, but it really isn't. If you make up, if you make up your mind, I'm not engaging in it. So if, if you are in those places and those people take no for an answer and you've, you know, they're crossing your boundaries, you've told them how we can have this dialogue, but not here, but they're crossing your boundaries, my determination is, is just you get up and leave. Right. You just, you just leave. Oh, but what if they start yelling or whatever? Let them yell. They're the one hurting their vocal cords. Right. Um, now, <laughs> if it escalates to something that's more, maybe physical, that's why you have your phone with you. Nine one one is a help. Uh, go to someone in that environment that is safe, and say, "Please help me." You know, the person may be following you to your car. You know, my thing would be I would go to the person that I came for and say, do you mind walking me out to my car? Hopefully that'll cut it off. Um, but don't engage it. Right. The more you respond or react to it, the more fuel you're putting on the fire. Just let them yell. They right. can yell all they want as you're getting into your car. They can whatever say whatever they want as you're getting in your car. Right. Uh, some people who have a very uh, passive personality feel like they can't, you know, people that have the personality, the mindset, they don't want to let anybody down or, oh, I don't want confrontation. You're already in confrontation at that moment. Right. To de-escalate it, you have to remove yourself from that place. Right. You know, and that's where establishing the boundary is. What is it that would be said? What is it that would be done that would cross your boundary? Only you can determine that. And so having a boundary... And I have cousins and people that they don't take no for an answer. They love an argument, and I know that. You know, so my 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 go into it plan, my predetermined plan, is I just don't. I keep everything lighthearted. I try to keep jokes going. I try to maybe not even engage in them. Try to keep my distance. You know, distance is a big thing, and I try not to walk into anything knowingly. Right. You know, again, you're going to have somebody that wants to do that. You're not going to be able to control it. What you can control are your responses, what you're saying, and how long you stay there. Right. You know, if you have keys to your car and you drove yourself there, it's your choice at that point. Choose to walk away with them yelling or screaming or just sitting there and you just got up, said nothing, and you just left. Use yourself to the bathroom and then walk out the front door or back door, side door, whatever, wherever the door is at. Go to the bathroom, crawl out the window. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> right. Whatever it is. But, again, making sure you set up an exit strategy first and foremost. Uh, and there are really, there are those real instances where people don't want to back down from the argument. They don't right. want to. And if you are that same person where you don't want to back down for an argument, then that's on you. I mean. It's going to lead to a huge conflict. And the reality is that if you don't want that, then, and if you know that you're that type of person and you know you're going to encounter someone like that, then the best option is to not put yourself in that situation to begin with. You know, that goes back again to the original thing is you have to decide, is this a situation I want to put myself in? Right. If it gets, if it's going to get physically violent, like you said, Blackbird, if it's going to end up like that and you know that going in, then the question becomes, should I even go? You know, that's a legit. Yeah. You know, and so and trust me. I've had family get-togethers where it's become a knockdown drag out, people beating each other to death, you know. And so that's why I don't go to family get-togethers with that side of the family, you know, is because I know it's going to become a physical confrontation. It's going to become a situation where 
it's going to be unsafe for everybody involved. And so I choose not to put myself in that situation and rather avoid it altogether. If there are people that I want to see, um, I'll make arrangements to see those people. But I won't get together with the whole family and right. do it. Right. And I want, you, I want to make sure people understand this, too, because we, we are so ingrained with this idea. It's family. And we've got to be there. You no. know, we don't have to be there. You know, you don't have to go and be a part of a situation you know is going to be toxic. Right. All right. Right. Um, or confrontational. Or confrontational. Physical. And, right. Yeah. Exactly. And so you have the choice to not go. It's just like with uh, toxic texts. Uh, look, the block button is my friend. Amen. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, I get a string of toxic texts from somebody. I'm not going to respond. Delete. I just hit block and delete the conversation. I'm done. Yep. You know. There's been times that I have chosen not to go to family events because I knew I couldn't control myself. Right. That I was so, it was so, at still at the forefront, the wound was so fresh. Mm -hmm. I said, I, I can't control it. Mm -mm. I better not. Right, right. And I think that's a good and important thing to remember, too, is not just the response of the people you're going to see, but can you handle yeah. going in and keeping your boundaries intact? Because mm -hmm. if, I, I mean, there are situations I know I can't. Yeah. You know, if, if somebody starts waylaying into my daughter, um, you're in for a fight. Right. I mean, I don't care. Right. I mean, we could be carving the turkey and getting ready to sit down to eat. There's going to be a fight. Yeah, okay? throw, throw them turkey legs. That's right. So, you know, it's one of those situations where if I know I'm going to go somewhere where somebody is going to attack her, and my family, it's very likely to happen because they all believe being transgender is a sin, I'm not going to go because I'm liable to be the one to initiate a bad situation because I won't be able to hold to my boundaries. Yep. And I will say or do something when confronted that will escalate it. Yeah. So it's better for me just to stay away um, and not have anything to do with them. Sometimes we're the, sometimes we're the hot button and sometimes we're the ones because there are instances where family members hurt us and they don't even know they've hurt us. Right. And then if it's fresh in, in, a, situ in a situation, then um, if you don't feel like you can control yourself, right. then that's an unhealthy place to put yourself. That's a mm -hmm. So that's a boundary you should set for yourself. Say, I, I can't be in that environment. And I've done that before with family. You know, I didn't go to a Thanksgiving or I didn't go to a Christmas gathering right. because they hurt me i you know one we didn't have time to talk it out or f for me to let them know or two we hadn't had a chance to discuss it or three it was so at the like you said at the top and that mouth won't won't allow me to just sit idly by and uh or maybe because they hurt somebody in my family and it's a situation to where I feel like, well, they need to know. When all the little kids are gathering around Christmas and they're opening their presents, that's not the environment to sit there and take up a beef with Uncle Bob or Uncle Aunt Sue or right. maybe Uncle Uncle Sue too, whoever it is. Um, and it's just not the environment. Right. The, the the correct environment is to do it either in private with a with a therapist or counselor or a religious spiritual leader or with a fa trusted family friend and y'all hash it out it's it's one of those situations um but if you're if you're the one that's hot to trot probably a good thing for you to enjoy your christmas tree at home or your turkey at home or whatever or get with friends 
and right. enjoy the holidays that way. Go to family that you've created mm-hmm. versus family you're born into. Correct. <clears throat> and um, I, I will say, I, I caught myself one year driving to family get together with my wife, and Luna wasn't around yet, and thinking the whole way there, oh, if if Uncle so and so says something to me, I'm just going to land into him. And realizing that is not where I need to be right now. Mm-hmm. And so we went out and we went to Godfather's Pizza for Thanksgiving. Yep. And God, <laughs> Godfather's Pizza for Thanksgiving. Godfather's you know? pretty good. I remember. Yeah. remember it. And the thing is, that is, uh, that is open for you to do. You, That's right. You can do it. Right. It's like the Apostle Paul wrote, all things are permissible. But not all things are beneficial. Right, right. I mean, we can do whatever we, you know, you can do it. You can, you can go for it, but is it adding? Is it adding value to your life? Is it adding peace to the world? Is it right. is it giving love? And um, you know, one of the one of the other steps that we we talk strongly about is the forgiveness aspect. Right in those situations and you kind of led us into it maybe we're the ones that it's still fresh or maybe we didn't resolve something right and it could be it's not always the other people they could trigger it in us Mm -hmm. it is our job when we recognize that we have those fresh wounds we have those fresh hurts you know either try to resolve it try to make it better but whether we're able to make that connection, we can, within ourselves, start the forgiveness process. Absolutely. And the forgiveness process is more about me than it is about them. Mm-hmm. Me forgiving those people, it doesn't, it doesn't say, well, if I forgive them, they're right. No, that's not what you're saying. Or I'm condoning what they're doing. I'm condoning their behavior. It, that doesn't, it, that's not what that means. Forgiveness means that you are unbinding yourself. You are loosing change. You're taking those ropes that anchor you to that moment in time, right. to that person, and you're saying, I'm going to live free from that moment in time and that experience. It doesn't mean that it ever tr- goes away from our memory, but it, 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 moves away from allowing it to dictate my behavior dictate my responses it by forgiving those people you know maybe they hurt you and didn't know it you know we don't always know people's motives Uh, I really I heard a minister get up and was talking about forgiveness and he said you know people are inherently not out to get everybody because we're so wrapped up in our world we're not out to just oh today i will go out and be an asshole that's just not (laughs) that's usually not on people's minds some people yes i mean there there are those a few yes but people a lot of times are inadvertent in what they do and uh the question is do we do we maintain our life in that moment of hurt? Do I live in that moment for the rest of my days? How long do I reside with those thoughts? And forgiveness says, yeah, they hurt. It was rough. Maybe one day we can make amends. Maybe one day I'll have a chance to talk to them. But right now I'm going to start forgiving. I'm going to, you know, I forgive them. Maybe you have to say it out loud. Um, but that's a part of that soul safe and that safety for yourself is leading your life with a forgiving attitude. Right. Living that life with love and the peace and how you get there is the forgiveness. Because we're all going to get hurt by somebody. Right. You're going to say something. I'm going to say something. They're going to do something. And it's going to offend. Yeah. It happens. Um, I wish it didn't, but it does. And if we live constantly looking for the offense, then we'll live in that combative state of I'm going to get back at them or I'm going to let them know. But 
for you know and if if you're in those situations where they're talking and trying to egg you on at those family ga- as you're walking away forgive them it's just not worth the perpetual life of living in the past right. existing in the moment and rehearsing it over and over and over just letting it go and there's some people that I know they've hurt me, but when I think hard about it because I've forgiven them, I really don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. I don't walk around with <clears throat> eggshells towards those people. I know they've hurt, but we've moved on. Maybe, they gr- maybe they've grown since then. Very true. I've grown since then. And so sometimes it's about giving grace as well. There's an old statement, uh, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And I think sometimes we get trapped in that, um, especially when dealing with family. Uh, And we gather at these times of the year. So when we know that person has been hurtful in the past, even though we have maybe not seen them for 10 or 15 years, we assume they are going to continue to be hurtful. Correct. Because that's what they did. And, you know, people do change. I'm not the same person I was 15 years ago, by the grace of God, you know. Um, Lord, help me. When I first uh, became a bishop, I was a terrible person. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was ultra-conservative and anti-LGBT and and you know, somewhat misogynist and probably a little racist too. And, you know, I had to grow and learn, right. come through all of that right, to get to where I am today. And I would hope that uh, the people that I offended and hurt back then would have enough grace and compassion to forgive me and to know that all these years later, 25 years later, I'm a different person. I'm not that way anymore. Uh, But there are people that I knew from 25 years ago that still won't talk to me. You know, they still assume that I'm the same person I've always been. And they won't won't talk to me. And that's okay. That's right. That's a path they have to walk. That's right. Um, That's a them problem. That's a them problem. And... Uh, instead, I focus on continuing to improve every single day. And I, I'm not perfect. I've still got pains from past wrongs and injuries that still are in me. But I work each day to try to let go a little more, come to a place of wholeness and forgiveness. So it, it's a process. It's not something you're going to get over overnight. We all heal differently. We all grow differently. Some of us grow faster. Some of us heal faster. Some of us grow slower. Some of us heal slower. Give yourself grace to do whichever is your speed. Um, And some wounds, some wounds are deeper. Right. You know, depending on the person and how we held them and our view and stuff and. um, it's it's okay to step back and go is this healthy i think the question you really need to ask yourself is this healthy for me is this right. wholesome for me is this helpful uh for me it, you know some people do attend events with family because they've grown and they say i need to do this in the next step of my healing process or growth right. if that's for you then you do it but the you know it's okay for you to step back and say you know, I need to protect myself from being hurt or wounded from people that have done that to me. Right. And, um, you know, because there's, there's people that they, they want to control your life the way they did 15, 20 years ago. They want to influence you the way. And you've grown past that. You've yeah. moved beyond that. And part of your boundary that's, and thing for your own health is to live as the person you are, 
not the person that they want you to be right or the image that they want you to be it's it's not my job to live into the image that someone else has created for me that's right it's not my job to do that right. my job is to be the person that I was made to be and to fulfill the things that I was placed on this earth to help bring into the earth and uh, and that's what I choose to do right well very good I think it's been a great topic that was and the condensed I, version <laughs> uh, yes I, I appreciate you bringing that to us today and and sharing with everyone and hopefully that'll help some people as they go about their holidays absolutely uh, next week we're going to have Blackbird on to talk about uh, the real story behind Thanksgiving and uh, <clears throat> some of the uh, Native American perspective on how things went and whatnot. Uh, and that'll be a wonderful episode as well. I hope everyone will join us for that. And until then, I want to thank uh, Reverend Mark for being here this evening. Thank you for hosting, Bishop, yes. and bringing this to all of us. Thank you, and uh, thank you, uh, Bishop Ben, for your work producing these episodes and keeping us on track. Um, uh, we can't hear you at the moment, Bishop Ben. We'll get that fixed, but uh, uh, we appreciate all that you do for us uh, to keep us on track here. So until next week, um, God loves you and so do we. Keep shining bright, my friends. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Expanding Your Faith. For more information on Expanding Your Faith, check us out on facebook.com forward slash expanding your faith. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever you find your podcasts. Until next week, when we once again attempt to expand your faith, Keep shining bright.